By the time you hear this podcast, maybe our unpopular opinions will become the most popular you'll ever hear. time you hear this podcast i'm greg i'm ben and we are on episode 126 uh thank you to everyone who's listened so far um we definitely appreciate it um if you want to tell people where we can be found because you forgot for some reason you forgot your (laughs) post-it note or anything to that effect uh you can go to our facebook page facebook.com slash by the time you hear this spell y-o-u you spell y-o-u so that's on facebook if you want to follow us on instagram the gram ig whatever you prefer to call it we're there at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter u because we're uprising exactly (laughs) that 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 is that will work for today um that is the same spelling for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com uh, send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas, and if you're an independent artist, we'll play your music for absolutely free uh, for a limited time. Um, and if you want to follow us, uh, well, as far as listening on the go, people have different devices and different methods in which they listen to podcasts. If you have an iPhone, you can listen on the Apple Podcast app. If you have an Android, you can listen on the Google Podcast app question mark i know they're moving some things around i don't know exactly what app it is um it might be the 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 google music app still for now um and uh, we're also on TuneIn radio auto radio overcast Castbox, play.fm satchel podcast player pocket cast castro podcast um and any podcast aggregate app and if you want to search for us by um subject matter you can go to listennotes.com. Our last episode, we talked about Bruce Hornsby and the Range's debut album, The Way It Is. So if you search Bruce Hornsby and the Range, you should find our podcast on listennotes.com. And um, we're also on Spotify. So, yeah, I don't know why I left that for last. I meant that to, meant to mention that with all the other platforms where you can find us. But, yeah. So 
we have a guest. Um, well, he's 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 our uh, our podcast cousin. Uh, it's been a while yeah. since we had him on, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we have Brandon, aka Father Clef. Father Clef. <laughs> <laughs> what what's happening, man? <laughs> the name never gets old. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Father Clef. Not your father. <laughs> I think that sketch is on YouTube now. They're they're putting everything on there. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, every every day I see a new Key and Peel sketch that I um I actually had not maybe not seen before. I thought I'd seen them all, but yeah. Um yeah. Well, Brandon, uh, we we of course we we've asked you before, and we ask all our guests, and now we're we ask each other now. Uh, but uh, what have you been listening to lately? What have I been listening to lately? Let's open up the handy dandy uh, cell phone, iPhone. That uh, I have been listening lately a lot to it's. I don't know. This might serve as a shameless plug because I'm related to them. <laughs> uh, it's a duo. It's a duo by the name of Cut Gems. Uh, they are my cousins, actually, and they do they do pop music. I've been listening listening to their project nonstop as of late. Their project is called, I think, it is called Two Out of Four. Yep, two out of four extended playlist by Cut Gems. All right, and you, so they Check do so out. they do pop music. Yes, yes, they do. Right. I love pop music. About <laughs> <laughs> to say same, and I, I have a I have a tidbit about that once we get into our, our discussion here. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, well, Ben, I know we recorded three days ago, four days ago, um, but have you been listening to um, uh, anything new or any anything as far as I know you're working on your EP? Any new inspirations? Um, honestly, the last few days, I haven't listened to much music. I've mostly been listening to uh, podcasts. And um, right now I've been on a, um, a creepy binge so creepy is the name of the podcast and um they do pretty good readings of pretty good well-produced readings of um creepy pastas and um mm. usually i'll just go online and try to find the 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 best creepy pastas and then i'll look and typically they'll have a recording of it um so that's what i've been listening to a lot because you know i'll turn that on when i'm playing 2k and now that I live out here in the country, I'll, you know, at night you hear all the sounds and stuff and um, it just creates for like a really nice atmosphere. Yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't been listening to much music either uh, this week as far as like when I'm not at work. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've been listening to podcasts as well. Um, for anyone familiar or remembers the uh, Dormtainment comedy troupe, oh uh, yeah, they're funny. They have a podcast called the Comedy Trap House, um, and uh, they they talk about a lot of uh, different things. I like them because they remind me of of like when Ben and I were at West Georgia and, and all of our friends there. Like if we had the um, 
wherewithal to <laughs> to take any of our conversations and turn them into comedy sketches. Um, you know, that's it's probably funny what you it say would that look like. Because <laughs> I wonder if that would have happened because it just seems like what naturally would have happened. Yeah. It just seems like that to me. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, I've been listening to them and of course the right time with Bumani Jones and, um, um, maybe I'm crazy with joy Taylor. So, uh, those stuff, stuff I've been listening to. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's get into the music news here. Um, so we talked about the VMAs on the last episode and that it was going to be at the Barclays Center. And uh, that sounded like a really bad idea. So, <laughs> so dangerous. Uh, but the VMAs will now have, with their live performances, they will be outdoors. And Barclays will have to wait until next year to maybe uh, host uh, to host the event. Um. and uh i said on the last episode that there was no host but i didn't i didn't see a host listed at all but the actual host is going to be kiki palmer who um of course she's an actress (gasps) and an art a singer herself but she is also um uh she's she's getting this uh big time talk show money the morning talk show money. Uh, she's on one of the good morning Americas. They have three sh- different shows. She's on one of those. Um, she, she on the black one. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> well, it, it could be considered the black one because it's her and Michael Strahan. <laughs> so oh it could be God. considered the black one. Did they call it? What's up? Let me stop. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just called live with Kiki and Michael. I think, but, um, <laughs> but, um, uh yeah, she she's getting she's getting that talk show money. So she will be the host of the VMAs this year. Um and uh it said it will be con- consist of several outdoor performances around New York with limited or no audience. Um and uh that could be cool. As oh, mentioned yeah. before, BTS, Doja Cat, J Balvin are the first artists who um announced that they will perform. So, um, hold on, wait, BTS? Yes. I thought they were like on, never mind. Well, never well, mind. Let's, let's say, weren't they on hiatus? Ne- they, yeah, hiatus, sure. That, that hiatus, yeah. they got, they got one day off at best. Yeah, instead of working every day, <laughs> they only worked almost every day. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I hope they're okay. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> like, we still hope they're doing okay. Yeah, jeez, man. Jeez. <laughs> So we're they're mildly worried about them. Still. Yes, yes, still. Um, there have been some uh, performances that were outside um, uh, in different locations for the ceremony. The Jonas Brothers last year performed from the Stony Pony, the Stone Pony in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Uh, Nicki Minaj performed from the uh, Path World Trade Center. And Demi Lovato performed a pre-tape performance from Las Vegas. So it's not totally unordinary, but, um, yeah, my, my, I, it's basically going to be, it's going to be like the BET awards possibly. I was, I was just about to say that my initial pushback was like, why, but 
Why don't I don't think anyone has ever said this ever before? Why don't they just do what BT, BET did? It <laughs> 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 just like all every artist were in their own. They were in their respective places, and they just streamed from wherever they were. Huey Freeman no... has entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <Black laughs> evil. I mean, it's not a. If it works, it works. I mean, like you. I mean, I I say this every year. Does anyone still care about the VMAs? Clearly, I guess people do. But I I, I do think some on location performances would be cool. Kind of like like what they're planning, but you know I do agree, Brandon. They really could just do this from their homes. Like I know that all of them have rehearsal studios. Just do it from there. <laughs> yeah, but if they're yeah. trying to, if they have to, like if they're trying to add production value, uh, um, who handles that? As I far as know. like if they have to build a set or. Do, are the are the musicians paid? Is it going to be like live? Is he playing? Is there somebody singing to a backing track? Um, yeah. And what's funny about that is, yeah. like, honestly, all of the people that I would want to see perform, I would be okay with just seeing them perform in a nice rehearsal studio, like, and just really going at it. I would be fine with that. But I mean, like, do you want to see Doja Cat just at a rehearsal studio? But if it were like I know like Thundercats not performing, but for instance, like if he were a performer, that'd be really cool. It's like, hey, here's Thundercat and his backing band. Um, maybe bring out John Mayer again because John Mayer made a surprise appearance once at a at one of his shows. And it's like, just do that. So sad. I was supposed to go to a, a go 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 to one of the when before he canceled his tour. Yeah, I was supposed to go to one of the shows out this way. I'm so upset. He's great. I would love to see him. He's great live. Um, and he doesn't need a ton of production value, but I mean, I know, you know, BTS probably does. But then again, could you imagine BTS and like a dance studio, just like raw, just going at it? That'd be that'd be cool. I mean, I guess maybe I'm an old fart for thinking that could be a really cool performance, like just them in street clothes, in a in a um in a dance studio, just kind of going, you know. Yeah, but like, if someone messes up giant. and then someone's like, hey, no, you have to do that again. But but we're live. I don't care. And it'll just be completely embarrassing. I'm, I'm docking you 400 calories. <laughs> oh, God. It's like Prince on like an evil prince <laughs> pointing out band members. You just point out the ones like, oh, you missed a step. Mm, 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 mm. How many times is it going to take you to get? I'm trying to I'm trying to um, channel my inner Joe Jackson. Joe Jackson. <laughs> get a oh, God. Is that you think that's where they got the inspiration of how they run the? Let me stop. No, 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 no. That's evil. I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have said. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Should not have said that. Um. So yeah, it, it's it, it will be. Uh, I mean, it's going to. I guess it, the look will be interesting. Put it like this: I, I did not watch the BET Awards. Um, I never have. Not to say I never will. Just as of right now, I never have. Uh, some people, and I saw mixed reviews on social media. Some people thought, oh, wow, the BET did a really good job making this happen. And then some others were like, this is trash. See, I, I might as well watch Baby Boy again than uh, watch this ceremony. So, Baby Boy. Did <laughs> you know they play that every day? <laughs> they had to have a, like a lifetime contract on that to where they don't pay residuals anymore. 
It's just like we can play it whenever we want. Here's a lump sum. <laughs> like Baby Boy to BET is the SVU to the USA Network. Oh yeah. God, yeah, they just live when in, on it. When in doubt, when in doubt, put on Baby Boy or SVU. It's um, like, what are we gonna yeah. fill the two a.m. to four a.m. slot with, Baby Boy? Why did they even ask? Like, <laughs> <laughs> can we play the 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 normal uncensored version? Mm. You never know. We can't risk it. <laughs> There's a sequel. Don't want it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we discussed that. Well, when we discussed the charts, I mean, that was just four days ago. So nothing has changed. Um, I tried to set it to next week. So no, nothing has changed. Taylor Swift has all three is number one in all three uh, categories. She has the number one song, the number one album, and she's on the artist 100. We need to, um, we should try, I don't know if we can go back and find this in the past, but see if we can figure out, like, the triple crowns to see who else has done that and then keep track of who else does it because that is, I would be interested in seeing it. The first thought is maybe Bruno Mars has done it, but I'd be curious to see who else has done a triple crown like that. Um, Probably, like, Drake, um, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, Drake. Chris Brown probably has done it. And um, which is the most shocking because it's like, how does that man still like just still, you know? Yeah, still. Uh, it was gonna be mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Brandon, I also want to ask you about this because we 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 talked about it a couple of times, but with the versus battles, have they interested you at all? <laughs> Not since. Not since the Teddy Rally versus Babyface one. Nope. <laughs> I have not. I have not cared at all. I still can't get over the Scott Storch. The, the Scott Storch and <laughs> Manny Fresh. Like why? Why are you being so mean to him? <laughs> Just like, so I'll keep laughing at that all day. <laughs> like, all he wanted to do was play his piano. Yeah, man. He has so many demons. It just you brought them all out. <laughs> Made that just... man start using again, man. All right, yeah. Well, when, when, well, another thing I ask y'all about is... Um, you know what? I, I got to save it. I'm, I was saving it for when we get to our... Um, to our topic so I'll, I'll save this particular uh new story um now there is we talked about we you know we just talked about that there if there were artists that had all three where they're number one in all three of those categories there are a list of 10 artists who have scored a top 10 hit in the 2000s the 2010s and the 2020s there are 10 artists. Um, okay. Uh, I know one is uh, Drake. Um, Chris Brown, of course. Um, Eminem. Okay. Um, trying to pull up the article here. Mariah Carey. 
Maroon 5. Um, <clears throat> I believe Tell Lil us what Wayne, one of them. Taylor Swift, I'm not sure. Lady Gaga, Beyonce. I know Lil Wayne is one. How many is that? She might not have been popular enough back then in the uh, in the 2000s. Because she was just starting to kind of hit a little bit when I was in. And I, I think I finished West Georgia in 07. And she was just starting to hit then. So okay, this, she might not have been big enough yet. This is everyone. Chris Brown, Lil Wayne, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Eminem, Drake. Maroon 5, Mariah Carey. Okay. Yeah, that's it. And these are top 10 hits, you said? Uh, Yes. Oh, and also okay. Taylor Swift and Jason Computer. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'll say her and, her and Lady Gaga just snuck in there then, like in the last two years of the decade. Yeah, I know top 10 Lady Gaga's then. first big single her first single or whatever was that was 2008 yeah just dance I was obsessed with that song Woo. man um but yeah so is there any are there any anyone you think that oh it's a it's a surprise that they didn't have anything that i mean that they didn't make the list at least mm. did did you did you say beyonce yes The only one I would say is Rihanna, but Rihanna hasn't put out a new song in like in a while. It's been, a, a, while. It's been a while. Answer yeah, I think. While, but this also includes someone who's had a hit um, this year, and Mariah Carey makes a list. Some people may may have already asked that question, like how Mariah Carey make it. Well, all I want for Christmas is you. Somehow hit number one in Jan- uh... this January. It was still number one in January, so it counts. Was it the rednecks who didn't take down their Christmas lights? <laughs> it might have been the the malls who still had that Christmas spirit. Uh, um, <laughs> no, I mean, I or the to, or it's probably TikTok also. TikTok probably had something to do with it. About to say definitely. <laughs> That's why our great president is going to ban it. Yep, because of Mariah Carey. Yeah. No. <laughs> That was the straw that broke the his hump back. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I can't think of anyone yeah. on there that I'm that I think should be on there. Um, I'm I'll be curious to see though, like that list with the next decade, the 2010s, um, the 2020s, and then maybe the 2030s. I'd be curious to see who endures. Um, I will say though, that's pretty impressive. But it's also kind of a cheat code, Mariah Carey, because that song enters the top ten every year. Every year, without fail. Yeah. So, like, you might be like, oh, longevity, or it's just the fact that you wrote a modern-day Jingle Bells, and it's going to get played every year. So, or she didn't write it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. So, it's not, it's a cheat code. One day it's going to become public domain. Hmm. Oh, I can't imagine, because then we'll have everyone doing covers of it. That'll be fun. (laughs) <laughs> and someone's gonna sample it. You you know someone's gonna sample it. Right, well, I know there are already some uh, some emo covers of it. Stop it! Really? 
Yeah. Well, um, not not like not like the emo, I guess that we know of, but the emo uh, old. It it sounds like decidedly darker. Oh, so it's like screamo stuff like that. Yeah, horror. kind of. The not so much screaming, but yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a pop goes punk cover. Yeah, all that new stuff that's being passed as punk. I mean, I'm not here to be a snob or nothing, man, but it's not punk. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, it's just, like, really hard rock. Borders really more so on metal than, than like, punk. But for some reason, they're just like, yeah, here's a punk cover. And they're just, like, screaming their guts out and playing, like, blast beats. I'm like, this is this is not punk. <laughs> this is straight up metal. <laughs> Oh yeah. man, it's it's uh, yeah, it's not for, yeah, whatever. I don't know. It's just annoying. But I'm I'm gonna I don't check that out. Not for Christmas. <laughs> for real that <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly <laughs> what it sounds like. <laughs> like Um, but I'm gonna check them out regardless. <laughs> um well I wanted to well, it's a it's a it's a one of those paywall type of articles about um the uh, Spotify has a playlist called Pollen, which is supposed to be a an eclectic mix of genreless music. And um, there's an article written about it from Billboard, but I have to pay to read the whole thing. So it's like um, ESPN Insider. I'm I'm not doing that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just not going to do that. So, <laughs> but what I what I. Uh, what I wanted to ask you all about is the um, trying to put like different artists in a category as far as like with the with the pollen playlist. It's a lot of different artists, um, different rappers, singers, and they're not you wouldn't consider them um to where there you can't exactly put them in a category like maybe if it's if it sounds like R&B then maybe you can consider it R&B but there but it's that particular artist's take on it or if it's a rapper then they they it's if it's not trap then you know maybe they're maybe they're put in this playlist I'm not sure <laughs> but um <laughs> trying to put uh put certain artists in a category immediately when you hear it um, I mean, what do you, what do you guys think of that? Like, do you like, as far as like discovering an artist or like, well, they don't really sound like anything and that's what makes them, um, stand out to certain people instead of like, well, I like the music sounds good. You know, I, I like this. Um, but they had to be put in a, if they're if they're crossing boundaries and crossing genre lines, trying to put them in a box immediately, do you get that sense, or like, what do you think of something like that? Either of y'all can answer. Brandon, I'm, I I don't I don't like putting artists in a box. I have a thing against labeling thing and labeling things in the in the realm of music because when because when you step back and, and look at the grand scheme of thing, everybody uses something from another genre, some one way or another. It might not be blatant, but like most artists tend to borrow from each other. So when they when they try to like like for me, it's just music. 
Yeah. It and it's like I but did you, did you who who were the artists on this um, on this playlist? It would be like like Anderson Pack is on the list and Thundercat and oh so musicians so people who play instruments. That's what they're saying. <laughs> Sadly, well, I, I don't want to sound like that guy, but I mean, it's almost kind of now like an oddity if you like if you play yeah. music, you're considered like, oh man, you you play an instrument. I yeah. play a few. Like, <laughs> like oh my that's gosh, okay. like yeah. oh that Masego guy, he plays the saxophone. Whoa! Yeah. Like, I've been what? seeing that since high school. Whoa! Like, <laughs> I agree, Brandon. It's it's you know why do we have to classify? First of all, it, it makes me think of when I was I was talking to someone yesterday about Anthony Edwards, who is a basketball player who's coming out of UGA, um, and I was like, yeah, they're calling him the next James Harden. I've been kind of paying attention to him since he was in high school because he played high school around Atlanta, and it's just like I don't know if he is like is the next James Harden. He's got a similar build, but. I think that we do that because it helps people put things in a certain perspective and makes them easier to discuss. Like if you try to say that, like, you know, and I think honestly, that's probably why some people are like, what is LaMelo ball? Because he's a six, seven skinny point guard with great court vision and he can shoot. You know, it's like, do you say that he's Magic Johnson? Well, he's a really good shooter. And Magic Johnson was not known as a great shooter. So it's like, well, I don't know if you so it's just like you Again, want to compare I, them to someone so that you can so you can make the discussion easier. So that's why you say things like, you know, and I say this as a joke because I think this is what people really might be saying. That's why I call Sean Mendes the Canadian John Mayer, because he's a baby faced white kid that plays a guitar. <laughs> like that's just, you know, it, it, no other reason. But it's just kind of a, a poke on the fact that people need to be able to put someone somewhere in something because it makes the discussion easier versus maybe saying that, hey, man, this dude Thundercat, like he is like he, he played in suicidal tendencies. I was about to say, how do you dis- how do you describe that? That's a hardcore punk man, bro. Like he played in a, in a hardcore no, I mean, punk man like, I called mean, like, suicidal tendencies. I mean, like as Thundercat himself today. Like how do how do you? How do yeah, you like basically that? like what he, what his music sounds like now, and who he's clearly influenced by. How do you which is relate that? But <laughs> everything. And that's what we're kind of getting now because we've reached this point in music where music is no longer just inspired by the blues or by jazz, you know. It's inspired by the music that was inspired by blues and by jazz. And that music has gone on and become something different. So it's just like, man, I was inspired by grunge artists of the 90s. Does that have, a? uh, if you trace it back six degrees of separation? Yeah, it eventually gets back to blues, but I did not take the blues part of it. I just took the grunge part of it. Like, you listen to a lot of new rappers right now. A lot of new rappers are getting very hard to kind of classify, man. I was listening to, listening to like um, XXX Tentacion or like some new Juice World. A lot of it's got rock influences. Yeah. So that music's about to get really tough to start. You know. Well, like like I was telling you, like it, it seemed like that gener- that group of rappers, like they're they're influenced by grunge. They're like th- yeah. there's a Linkin Park or or well, I know that's not grunge, but Linkin Park and Nirvana, uh, Limp Biscuit. They were inspired by those kind yeah. of bands. So are we going to put them on pollen? Are we just going to continue to call them rap and just understand (laughs) that they're, you know, that they're bringing a little bit more 
they're just they're they're bringing in other things besides just old funk music, you know, to the table. You know, are we comfortable with saying that? I'm fine with it. I don't I don't mind. I I was looking up this new guy Youngblood. He's one of the guys who was nominated for best new artist. He's on a song with Halsey and Travis Barker called 11 Minutes. And he's also got another song with Machine Gun Kelly. He is classified as a rapper. If you listen to his songs, they don't sound like rap songs. All the songs I've heard him on. Hmm. But he's still considered a rapper. And I'm I'm okay with considering him a rapper. If you, even if you see him, he does not look like a rapper. He almost kind of looks like the dude from Prodigy, if you remember that EDM group. He yeah. almost kind of looks like a younger version of him. And he he's he's sing songy, you know, kinda like a Juice World or or an XXX Tentacion. But he is considered like Juice a rapper. A, Juice World is a very good example. Cause if you listen to any Juice World, he sounds like what's the name of that band? The band that sings uh Ocean Avenue. Yellow oh, card. Oh god, yellow card. Yellow card. He sounds like <laughs> yellow card over eight oh eight. Yeah. I can hear that. And we got to get comfortable with that because, like, it's just we've there's so much music out there that, like, it's just going to no one who's making it nowadays that's young. And I would, I guess, under the age of 25 grew up on just one or two genres. They grew up listening to everything. Yeah. So we've got to be OK with the fact that we're going to get more Thundercats before we get more. And I and I feel weird saying John Mayer's because I just I respect him as ours a lot. Even though John Mayer himself, you know, brings in a whole bunch of different, you know, going from folk to country to blues to jazz and all that stuff. But you know, we're not going to get any more single genre artists anymore, where they just kind of stick, you know. And I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it here first. J.C. Chazay schizophrenic walked so that music today could run. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. I respect it. <laughs> like back then, it was like they were like, "JC, what are you doing? Your career is is it'll never it'll never recover." And he's like, "This is for all those artists that are going to come twenty years later." <laughs> They'll get it. Some, I bet someone, get it. <laughs> someone talked to JC. It's like, okay, Max Martin, he wants to work with you. Well, no, no, not anymore. I, I'm not. I don't want to work with him anymore. JC, this is your first album, okay? Do you hear what Justin's doing right now? Do you know what you he's doing Max. right now? Don't you want to be as big he as him? him? I want to do it my way. <laughs> the J.C. Chazay's story on Lifetime. <laughs> That'll be the movie, man. Starring Justin, star Justin Guarini. Oh, I could see that. Just straighten his hair and give him a bullet. Yeah, I could totally see that. We find out then like J.C. is a time traveler. He knew all this was happening. <laughs> um, well, uh, that'll do it for our music news. Um, and uh, yeah, so Ben, tell us about your room of the week as I pull it up here. I'm not going to speak too much on it. Just know that it goes towards one of my unpopular opinions. Um, this is VP Dobson. It is Don't Let It Go to Your Head. Um, I think John Five played on this album. Um, John Five is a very, 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 very good session guitar player. I think he played for Marilyn Manson for a bit. I haven't heard that name in forever. Yeah, John Five is John Five is that dude. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing now. Um, I think he's better than Buckethead. Fight me. I don't know. Like I know. I'm right there with you. 
Yeah, there's a lot of people who are like, Buckethead is yeah, Buckethead's good, but John 5 is, like, versatile, man. Like, John 5 is, like, he's mostly known for rock and metal, but then I saw this one video that blew me away where he did this, like, Shet Atkins chicken-picking style riff. Um, and it was supposed to be, like, you know, like, Impossible Riffs series, I think, Guitar World or Guitar One does it. <laughs> it was really good. And it's like John 5, and if you look him up and tell me you could imagine him playing country <laughs> hybrid style picking music like he just doesn't look like it but like he's he's excellent and i believe he plays a solo on this it's not an amazing solo or by any means but he just i just like john five so but yeah this is a really cool song it's called don't let it go to your head by pp dobson all right and uh we'll be right back All right, that is Don't Let It Go To Your Head by Fifi Dobson from her album Sunday Love. Yeah. And uh, funny enough, it follows that Fast and Furious logic where it's like, what, Tokyo Drift? Or where, like how they're they're like really weird. They're not in order. Yeah. This was the second album she recorded, but her record company didn't release it for like till like her third or fourth album because mm. they thought it was too dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now on Spotify. Okay, we started the uh, this particular episode with the song "The One" by. Uh, Taylor Swift I I will no longer call her the fake news of pop music Um, uh, a lot of people feel that she's she's well we I think we when we talked about it Ben you said that I don't know what episode that may have been where we said that she's gonna end up making this kind of album eventually I gotta Um, find it though because we called it oh we called it so hard it's after (laughs) After twenty uh twenty two was on red after red in nineteen eighty nine in reputation um on the on the the first time we did this this kind of 
uh, episode was uh, people can go back and listen to episode 92 um, for your disapproval. I thought she was out of ideas uh, at the mm-hmm. time, but it was probably between then and um, when this album came out that um, we may have predicted that she was going to end up making this kind of album. Um, so we started with that because I wanted to, I asked Ben if he had a Taylor Swift type of opinion and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we're doing well, like I said, like similar to episode 92, we have even more unpopular music opinions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we had Tim on last time uh, to do what we brought Brandon in and um, uh, ex- Brandon, if you We'll, we're going to start with you. So any unpopular music opinion that you have and we'll discuss it. Hmm. I have a little list here. I'm trying to pick the, the right one to kick off, kick off everything. Uh, well, we were, we were talking about verses, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, as of, as of lately, everybody's been talking about, uh, like, uh, like, oh, Usher should get in on this. Usher should get in. But who will Usher go against? Who would Usher go against and stuff like that? And I clearly remember seeing somebody somebody suggest, uh, I don't know, maybe Justin Timberlake. And everyone was like, oh, no, no, Justin Timberlake. And I'm gonna, you know, the internet has a, has a, uh, has a, Hate hate relationship with Justin Timberlake. (laughs) (laughs) But me on the other hand, I feel I feel that Justin Timberlake is a way better artist and has way more better song with a lot more better songs than Usher. Oh, that's a spicy one to kick off with. Yeah. That's a good one. I know people probably fight you for that one. Yeah. (laughs) Um actually on a on a show that I another show I work on called Talking Random Ish. Uh, with, um, uh, with uh, Rick and Will, they they do it at, at at my job, and they um over the well when the pandemic first hit, and uh, they normally talk about sports, and then they you know some social topic, and then once sports was canceled for a while, they didn't have anything to talk about, so I was like, well, why don't y'all do like a like a because it was right when like. Um, the uh, NCAA tournament had been canceled. It's like, well, why don't you do like a tournament of like singers from different decades, and then people can vote in, you know, they're on Facebook Live, so people can vote in the chat or call in with who the better singer is. And with the '90s, no, with the 2000s, um, Usher was, uh, well, Justin Timberlake made it to, he was the, the, of the two thousands, he was the champion R and B singer of the two thousands and Usher was a pretty high seed and he didn't make it. Um, he didn't, uh, he didn't, I think he made, he might've made it to the final four or something like that. But, um, Justin Timberlake won in a route and I think he was the two seed. I had Chris Brown as the one seed and, uh, Chris Brown barely, he barely made it to the second round <laughs> with the different votes that we had. So, I mean, I would kind of agree with you that Timberlake might have the songs, you know, he, uh, that would overall be better than um, Usher. Now, we're just talking about solo stuff, right? Like no, just, the in sync stuff pure, does not count. Solo stuff. 
Okay. Purely solos, though. No, I mean, because, and, and like a lot of people like to give, like to play the man in the woods argument. That's one album. And it That's wasn't one, that bad. And it wasn't that bad. It just wasn't as good as everything before. Thing else, which is a high bar. Like, that's not fair. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, listen it to, to, to the 2020 was very things. ambitious. Uh, Future Sex Love Sounds was just, it, it took him, it made him a superstar kind of all over album, again. I think that Tim Blinn always wanted to produce. Like, he had some stuff on there that I was like, like, the, the beat to Sexy Back, oh, he showed out on that one. Yeah. And, like, when did, when did Shock? Shock Value One come out. At Shock, I believe Shock Value One came out before that, and you can tell on that on that Timberland album he was like kind of pushing towards Future yeah. Sex Love Sounds. Oh yeah, heavily more so exper- experimenting with electronic sounds, going like with with auto tune and vocoder. Like the first lines you hear out of Justin Timberlake on that, his voice is distorted. All like most of the bass is gone, all the like mostly highs and mids. Like, it's a very ambitiously produced song. I remember the review I read at the time of it was like, How daring is this song where you don't hear his trademark falsetto really until like other tracks in the album? Like, the thing that made Justin Timberlake, you know, as popular as he is, they remove and he still has a hit with it. All right, Shock Value was 2007. And yeah, to, what's the name? Future Sex Love Sounds came out the year before. Yeah, they're by about eight months. Probably making <laughs> them at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I like Future Sex Love Sounds made him was uh, ambitious. I think like they just wanted to go bigger and more experimental with the 2020 experience. And um, by the time we get to Man Man of the Woods, he goes back to Pharrell, and we it's going to be different. So I think yeah. that was, that's part of the like, um, the what's the word I'm looking for the the descent or whatever the criticism is of Man of the Woods it's because he's working with he's working with a different person or someone he's worked with before, but it's not Timberland. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, I mean, and it was Pharrell, I think, also maybe trying to show off a little bit, and maybe some of it didn't work. Like, looking at the track list, I remember the first single, uh, was it Filthy? Filthy. It was different. It was so different, and it was one of those songs where it's like, this could be seen as like, wow, this is a real big step forward, or this is seen as like, what the hell are you doing? And I think a lot of people are like, what the hell are you doing? Like it was just a very, it was just a very weird song. To me, it's it did it just didn't sound finished. It sounded like there was, there was something missing. missing with it. A, something missing with it. Yeah. And the video didn't look finished either. <laughs> look, it was all yeah. rushed together and well, edited like on like Windows the song Movie Say Maker. Something. You know, he goes out and gets you know one of the hottest, you know, the one of the hottest um, country vocalists at the time, and does you know someone that he had had you know. Collaborated with them on the CMAs, you know, quite fantastically, I might say. And um, they do a song together and it sounds and it sounds really good. But like no one talks about that song like it was. But I don't I don't know, man. 
like you said, Brandon, probably some haters, you know, drinking that haterade. And and like I just, it's like we're in the we're in the day and age where I don't think the major like the general the general music fan is more a fan of the 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 person, the artist themselves than they are their music. Mm-hmm. So when when you add that into it, they like everyone everyone brings up <laughs> the Janet Jackson situation, which is very understandable. But <laughs> it's very understandable. But they let that immediately cut them off from anything to where like, no, nothing he's ever done is, has been great. And that's clearly a lie. Yeah. Yeah. I will say though, like just looking at his overall um I don't think that other than maybe Confessions, which was, I feel like, when he was on top of the world, I can't think of anything else that he has done that comes close to the completeness of the Justin Timberlake albums. Granted, I understand that Justified was your standard pop album. Everything after that was him experimenting um, and being successful. So kind of using the fact that, hey, I'm really famous and my fans will kind of go there with me and being able to make some music that really kind of pushed the envelope of what pop was at the time. And I think, you know, maybe that's just a, a, a product of, of who he is and his fan base and everything. But in any case, it has allowed him to put out some very interesting pop music that I don't think we have seen um, Usher do. I mean, Usher's foray into EDM was kind of boring. It was was, well, in, in America, in America, yes. Sports games. In America, well, yes, it's it's considered boring, but it made Usher more famous around the world. Like yeah. OMG was not supposed to be a single in America. That was supposed to be like in Europe and and Asia, but somehow it came yeah. over here and it becomes a hit. But I mean, it, it may have brought a whole new audience. It's kind of like that. Um, that uh, I don't know if it's I don't know if there's a name for it, but I'll call it like hammer syndrome where mm-hmm. you get to a certain point and then you have a whole new audience, which is totally unrelated to your initial um, your initial yeah. fans, you know? Yeah. It's just, yeah, I just, I, that's, that song, I guess, his foray into electronic music versus Justin's foray, like, it's just, to me, it's just not the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Ben, uh, what's your, what's the first unpopular opinion? Man, where to go with this? Where to go with this? Well, since we just listened to a Fifi Dobson song, I'll start there. Um, I, I've come to the realization over the past maybe five years or so, ever since I had a Spotify account, I think, um, Fifi Dobson is infinitely better than Avril Lavigne and should have been bigger. And I'm saying that just because they're both Canadian female rock singers, but everyone, you know, um, you know, not saying that like you know, Avril Lavigne was just this critical darling, but she was very successful. And I don't know if you say you can say that she maybe took the mantle of Canadian rocker from Atlantis Morissette, but in terms of you know Canadian rock stars in the 2000s and the 20 and for some of the 2010s she was it you know yeah and I 
I had always heard about Fifi Dobson. I'd always heard about how talented she was. And so when I, you know, when I started getting into streaming, you know, I got Spotify. I think I had Rhapsody first. Um, but in any case, I took that opportunity to listen to a lot of different artists that I couldn't listen to before, Fifi Dobson being one of them, and was absolutely blown away by the writing, the style that she brought to, because I know they don't write all their own songs. I, I'm fine with that. But like, there is something sometimes that you can do to make a song pop. And there's just certain things she does to make songs pop. I think she works with better producers. And I understand that, yes, she worked with, that Avril Lavigne worked with The Matrix, who are some of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite production teams. But Fifi Dobson did not need The Matrix to make her stuff sound good. You know, she was surrounded by a great team. And I think she had good vocal stylings to make really good music. And I just think it's a shame that she never received the same amount of praise and adoration and fame that Avril Lavigne did while making what I think is better music. I could see that. I also think that maybe she might've been ahead of her time. Cause it was a time where, um, and we've, we've kind of alluded to it a little bit with how, uh, the new younger rappers of today were influenced by certain artists that may have ne- not necessarily been hip hop. I think, people weren't ready for a young a young black girl singing rock music yeah i mean it was she was a little heavier you know on the heavier side than than um avril lavigne that doesn't help especially with the deeper cuts yeah that doesn't help well with the deeper cuts and um and then of course you know you're from canada so that's just you know that's that's working against you also um but like you know, listening to her her work, I'm just like, this is really, and it's it's just really well written, well produced, and it just makes me sad that she wasn't bigger. Yeah, and I think she should have been. It's so it, it's funny because as, as as the song was playing, I was I was think, literally thinking to myself like, why wasn't she bigger? Yeah, and I think by the time you know some of her really, really, really good stuff was coming out like the it had just passed. I mean, she never stopped being, you know, popular in Canada because, like, as I've seen, they really support their own. Um, but by then, like, that type of music was just out of style. Like, you know, especially American audiences had fallen out of love with um, rock music for the most part yeah. in, the, in the popular genre, of popular um, forums, and especially with live instruments. They just didn't care. Um, she did do a song with Orianti that was really good. Mostly had like, you know, drum machines and synth in it and stuff. And Orianti has a killer solo at the end, but it didn't matter. You know, by then it was just like, who cares? Like, you know, and I was hoping maybe that would have helped her because Orianti had just come off of her, her single, um, according to you, um, which was one of the few singles within the past 10 years that was big. They had a guitar solo in it, which mm. was, you know, really cool, <laughs> but it just, it didn't work, you know, uh, it just, it didn't. And a lot of people have not heard that song. The song's called um, I Can't Breathe. And it's a great song. It sounds huge. It sounds like one of those songs where like you would film it, the music video, like in a canyon and you'd have these big sweeping shots. Um, and especially at the end of the solo, maybe she's standing there like Slash in November Rain. Like it would just be mm. really cool, but we never got that because, you know, America can't take guitar solos. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, not anymore. 
Um, Maybe it was a rap break. Have Ariana do on some bars? Speaking of rap, um, let's see which one I'll go with here. Well, okay, this this is the one that I I was I was kind of holding back on. So the um, I don't know if y'all saw the video for Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion for the yep. song WAP. Um, sort of <laughs> saw the video and um, <laughs> and what was like there's been like this backlash or whatever even like Carol Baskin came out and said something because because they had like real tigers or lions or whatever was in the video that husband killer let me stop yeah. <laughs> didn't she kill somebody but I've and I, I've, th- I've said this before but like I talk about how there's only one um, black comedian who can be a movie star at a time. There's only mm-hmm. one female rapper who can be a star at a time. Yep. It is uh, trying to figure out like where, like whose fault it is, why we only have one female rap star at a time. It's everyone's fault. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. Okay. It, it's That's everyone's fault. It's the female rappers themselves. It's their record labels. It's the, uh, it's the male rappers who always has something to say. It's the fans. Um, you know, people feel like they have always to pick a side. While we have male rappers doing collaborations all the time. All the time. But when the female rappers do it, it's kind of like, female what are they rap- doing? We rarely like, see it. What year, what year yeah. is ladies night? Oh it was like, man! Two thousand. Everybody was on that one. <laughs> that was from the um, "Nothing to Lose" soundtrack. That was yeah. nineteen ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Average movies, but great soundtracks. <laughs> like it. I mean, it started like you know. That's a. I don't. Episode. I don't know if there was a. <laughs> I don't know if there was a beef between MC Light and like Queen Latifah or Roxanne or Salt and Pepper or JJ Fad. I don't know if there was beef between them, but we didn't see collaborations between them and then going into the 90s there was clearly like foxy brown was clearly pitted against lil kim and it was like oh yes you had to pick a side and that has persisted for the last 25 years or so and Mm -hmm. so what i what i appreciated about about the this song with cardi b and mega stallion is that they did a song together and they, they're they're maybe they could change that notion, change that narrative of that. There's only one female rap star at a time. Um, Break the Highlander curse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, because people pick have picked a side between Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. Um, people try to leaving. people try to lift up, you know, Rhapsody and No Name and. Um, who else? Who else out there rapping? Jean Grey. Jean um, <laughs> so, um, well, I mean, I do wonder though, because it there could be, in some instances, maybe tastes. Granted, you know, I, I'm not a purveyor of of you know modern rap right now. I just I'm not even going to sit here and pretend that I listen to it all the time. But I wonder, could it be like maybe like you like one of the other, maybe just because of tastes? Um, I like, think that's I can't a small part of it. Person who likes who likes raw digger 
you know, also as a Cardi B fan. I don't even know the last time Raw Digga was rapping, but like, you know, I don't know who else was around when Raw Digga was. Now I'm aging myself here. Mm. But I'm just saying, like, you know, like yeah. maybe if you like Megan the Stallion, you don't like Cardi B. You just just because of style alone, you know? I think that's a small part of it. Um But I don't think that's a reason to hate the other. Well, yeah, to actively I, hate the other. That, that's a that's, that's a small that's a that's, that's a if it's a reason, it's a very small reason. Mm-hmm. And I I think it's just it's come down to how and it's women are supposed to um be in competition all the time. Yeah. And how like the the image of a Cardi B or or Megan Thee Stallion is in contrast to No Name and Rhapsody. So some people may say that No Name and Rhapsody are better rappers, but Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion are getting all the all the publicity and the exposure because of how they dress. So it's an, I think the image thing is part of it too. So then after you pick somebody based on the image, then it I mean it may come down to preference or taste, but it's kind of like whoever was first that's who mm-hmm. people will they will get they will go to that and if you don't like them then you just wait for the next one yeah i will say so taking this and kind of extrapolating it into a different genre i think really that's kind of just the maybe the goal of record companies in general you had the backstreet boys versus nsync britney versus christina um I think they kind of it maybe they do it for sales for for record sales and then the fans just kind of take it up a notch Which, to where you've got fan armies versus fan armies and it starts to get ugly. It's funny you bring up the the Backstreet Boys versus uh versus NSYNC. I don't know if you've ever seen the Lance Bass has a documentary about a yeah. Lou Pearlman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, it's interesting. They're both on there as like I I thought you guys had a problem with us. Exactly. You thought you guys had a problem had with a problem. us. <laughs> it was like, See? we've been hating each other all this time, and it was fake. Like, it's kind of like, you know, I, I think a lot of it's manufactured, and the fans just kind of take it up a notch and actually end up hating the other person. I will say the one place you don't see this in, though, is in rock music with, well, I will say with, with women in terms of women performers. You don't see it very much because they'll just, they're just like, we're going to duplicate this. Like when when um, Paramore hit it big, they're like, where can I find another? <laughs> Do you have a sister? Like they just they're just like, no, man, we're trying to get as many Paramores out there as we can. Wow, then you get bands like Hey Monday. Yeah, which I like, but clearly like they're a Paramore ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> they were a part of the Paramore explosion where they're just like, I need a band with a female singer and all male musicians. What about a band with a female singer and a female music? No, all male musicians. I must have that dynamic. <laughs> it has to like, look you started... like this. <laughs> but then, what's the I remember, what was their name? I think their name was KSM. I remember them it too. Was a, they were one of those girl, all girl band. All girl band had one album disappeared. Yeah. Mm. They just, they be like, yeah, man, get, uh, I'll, I'll take two, I'll take three, I'll take four. And it's just like, I guess those are just, that's just the differences between, you know, the people that do those. Like, they've never tried to make Haley beef or compete with anybody, man. They're just like, do you have friends? Can you give someone vocal lessons? Can you, you know, <laughs> do you know the chick from Flyleaf? Can y'all, like, do a song together? <laughs> <laughs> Which I think they, no, that was, that was 
Flyleaf because she she did a song with her, the girl from Flyleaf, and I think it was either Orianti or it might have been Haley Williams. Like they like collaborate, man. Do this, be friends. It's just like where's a rap like compete, compete, compete. So and then the fans, of course, just take it up a notch because that's what fans do. This is your mortal enemy. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they do. And it's so funny. It was so funny to hear the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC say that after all these years. I thought you hated me. And I like that Megan Thee Stallion. I mean, I'm not a fan of either artist, but it's cool to see them collaborating and taking some of that power back. Because I do think there is there's a race element to it, but I also think there's a gender element to it. Like you said, Greg, mm-hmm. like male rappers, they're collaborating together. You know, they're they're getting it in They're I'll be on your song. You be on my song. You know, take back as female as you know female rappers. Y'all are successful. Take it back. I don't not like they're listening to me right now, but I do like that. I do like that empowerment. All right, um, uh, well, Brandon, you have another one. Hmm. I think Frank Ocean is on the clock. Now, oh snap! I have a Frank Ocean opinion as well. What were the odds? <laughs> I think I think Frank Frank Ocean is on the clock. I think he is he is. I wouldn't say quickly, but at a moderate speed, approaching Lauren Hill levels oh, of okay level of of of, of notoriety. Not in wow, the sense that, that he doesn't do shows or anything, but I mean, as in the amount of like memorable work i feel you mm. he's riding high off of very little he's been like people have been giving him people hold him in so high regard simply because of nostalgia ultra and channel orange and i'll even give you the 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 quote unquote lonnie brew collection which is a, just a bunch of demos with it, they're really good, but essentially they're just a bunch of songs he didn't get a chance to sell. But I don't know. I like, I like that Frank Ocean's on the clock. I I wholeheartedly agree. I I can I can see that. I, I yeah I like that one. <laughs> um, and he, he's one of those artists that I don't. I mean, I like a couple of songs, but overall, like I don't see the, I don't see it. But yeah, you know. I mean I. Orange, um, let me rephrase this. I respect it, Channel Orange. I like some of the songs off of it, but I understood why people liked it. And I had a little bit of an understanding of why people liked him before Channel Orange. Um, I don't remember the name of his latest album. I have not listened to it. Um, but I do think the Lauren Hill comparison is is very astute just because... And it's funny you said this because Lauren Hill came up on the last episode about unpopular opinions. Yeah. And his European, I think it was you, Greg, that said your opinion is like she's on the clock as well. Like in, when are in we a, going to stop way. giving her? Yeah, because yeah, she's that, been, yeah. been on the clock. <laughs> That's what I was telling Brandon that like, why aren't we done with her yet? Yeah, like when are we going to stop? You know, like when are we going to? Was how long ago? Yeah. Like we're gonna basically that was ninety eight great album but you haven't really done anything since and yeah. be okay with that like that doesn't that doesn't really take away from her as an artist but it puts things in perspective 
And you know what's wild about that? It's like, I'll say that to people. I'll say that to people and I'll get pushback. But then there'll be the same people saying that, uh, like, say, like, rappers like Andre 3000 is on the clock. Like, he shouldn't be held in this regard because he doesn't have X amount of X amount of uh, solo work by himself. And it's it's kind of the same argument. You just really like Channel Orange. I like pyramids, too. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. No, I, I agree, though. I agree. And you don't hear many people. Anytime I hear him brought up, they're just like, oh, man, he's awesome. So good. But, so mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. My opinion was similar, though. I just said that I felt Khalid was better was a better Frank Ocean. I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. Um, he's put out, well, I think, two albums so far. Um, I dare say the latest one he put out is better than Channel Orange. <laughs> I listened to it cover to cover. Great record. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Khalid is, is better. I think we should be holding him in the same regard as Frank Ocean, but I don't know why we don't. Maybe it's because I don't know if Khalid made a, a mixtape or not. Frank Ocean did. I mean, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, if, if that's why, you know, we give him a little bit more. In that case, we need to hold up the neighborhood. They made a mixtape. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Khalid is, is I, better. I think, unf- I think, and I, I don't know. I, it might play race might play a factor into it. Uh, like with, I don't find many people, many many black. I don't I don't know many black people who enjoy. Ka- Ka- is it Khalid or Khalid? Khalid. I've always heard Khalid. I've heard Khalid. 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 I don't know many black people who enjoy him as much as they they should. And mm-hmm. it always boils down to, well, oh, well, he's pop. And? Like, and? What's Frank Ocean? Still, like, come. Still, it's still <laughs> good music. It's still well written. And, yeah, I just I just like it. It's good. And my bad, he has, uh, well, is this considered an EP? So he's got two full lengths, and then he's got an EP. So. Okay. With Free Spirit being the latest one, and that's the one that I thought was good. Um, and yeah. All right. Uh, so, Ben, that was your next one about. Yeah, that was my opinion, kind of just off of, you know, I was, when he said that I had to, I had to mention it because <laughs> I agree. <laughs> this Frank Ocean love is, it's getting old. <laughs> it's like, okay. All right. Uh, my next one is, um, some people might say that it's, it might be at a different point, but for me, uh, Drake peaked with Uh-oh. views. That like that is he's not going to get any better than that. Then which album? Views. Views. Views from this. Okay, okay. So that I'm was what, four or five years ago. Because this album's run together for me, honestly. <laughs> I know they had one dance. And controller, and um, oh, let me find it. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm looking at what has come after that, and yeah, I have to kind of agree. Um, same with you. The song you did with Party Next Door, controller, one dance, pop style, too good, hotline bling. He peaked. Uh, and it was not really even that much of a rap album. It's a 
pop and dance hall kind of album. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think this is what I was saying. Drake Drake thinks he's from Jamaica now. I'm about to say, wait till he decides to drop his grime album. <laughs> <laughs> he's already on his way. Um, but yeah, I think I think he peaked with this album. Um, like he's put out a lot of singles. Um, he's been on a lot of features. Uh, but after, um, after views, he put out more life, which was a playlist. It's not an album, um, which just has a lot of different stuff on it. Scorpion had some things, um, uh, that's the one that had, uh, in my feelings, but I think, um, Yeah, I mean, Actually, it's not, it kind of like it, it, Scorpion. it was a double album when he's on one side, he's singing the other side, he's rapping like, I don't know if he has any real direction anymore. Um, and he has care. Pa- well, care package was just singles that weren't on any albums and then Dark Lane demo tapes. OK, if they're demos, then why? Is it just to put out more material? Because like Tuesday slide is. That song is whack. I mean, it's good. You, did, you gotta okay. You gotta dance with it, but it's a whack song. Playing the stream numbers game. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I I do think it is. It's 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 what Beyonce was doing early in her solo career. Put out as much material as you can to stay relevant, so that people know who you are. Because as we've seen, as you know, it's been talked about. If you don't put out content, you become irrelevant. Doesn't matter how big you are, you will become irrelevant. Like he's put um, out something like every year since 2009. He's put out like something I, every year. Like I think people thought Lady Gaga had retired. Like people called her Super Bowl performance her comeback. It had not been that long since she put out an album. But that is the <laughs> pop landscape. Like that was not a comeback. A comeback to me is like, oh, you know, I was gone for like, you know, 10 years. Now I'm back. No, that was not that was not a comeback. Like, like think about before the streaming age. Think about how how long you went without seeing an artist. Yeah, before you can go they a while. Dropped a new album. Yeah. It's like, like I, I don't know. I don't know. If like, like Timberland, for example. Timberland. Remember, he randomly showed up and wasn't fat anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, <laughs> like yo, that looks like Timberland. Yo, what up? This is Timberland. Oh my gosh, you're producing Nelly Furtado now, and it was what good? It was so good, man. That was a good album. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the like, born this way. Tooth was 2011. Art Pop was 2013. She did her Cheek to Cheek album in 2014, and Joanne came out in 2016. People said that that was a comeback performance. No. She had only been gone from pop music for three years. <laughs> yeah. I'd, pre- I'd prefer my favorite artists take time to yeah. come back with a new album. But Which I think why that's I'm what glad I haven't seen I haven't seen anything. Look, think about how long Bruno Mars has been riding high off of 24 karat magic. Like and there's probably years. some people out there who's like think he's retired. <laughs> Like, where's Bruno well, Mars? Why doesn't he make music anymore? I rem- I used to like him. I still like him. Like, <laughs> oh man, is he is he still doing it? 
did he did he retire? did he have children? Yeah, you know, and that's kind of where Drake has kind of fallen. And I, I agree because like more life, well, more life being the mixtape, but Scorpion was a lot of material. Like that was a lot of material to put out, and maybe he should have dialed it back a bit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe just taking the best and made it one album. But then again, who knows? So you know, going back to the term unchecked genius, maybe Forty ain't really you know, maybe Forty's voice don't carry like it used to. No, and he not. just does what he wants now. It's just like Forty's like, hey man, maybe you shouldn't put that on there. I am Drake. I am, I am Drake. <laughs> Oi, I'm mate. The Oi, mate. I'm my the... name is Drake. <laughs> I'm the sixth god. Like he just and he just puts out what he wants. Um, like, but you're not British, Aubrey. Oh, I am today. <laughs> like, yes. Oh God, he's gonna go find Swar- Swarmzy. Storm- I can't think of his Stormzy. Stormzy. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had a bunch of a bunch of on the More Life play. That, I call it an album. They call it a playlist, but they, they, don't try and get cute. Yeah, Greg just it belittled was, it. It was an album. <laughs> like, no, I'm saying album. I'm saying Drake didn't say it was an album. No. Like, well, this looks like an album, but he yeah. called it a playlist. I didn't call it a playlist. No, like, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. It's like he calls it. A, <laughs> oh, it's a playlist. It, it's an album, sir. But like on that on that album, he had like a bunch of like UK artists, and then out of nowhere, he like started saying things like "mans" and. Speaking in a British accent randomly. That's why. That's why like, I can't get on board with Madonna him, man. This yeah. why I can't get on board with Drake a lot of time. He has no identity. Yeah, yeah. it's like he's like Asimov's android. I think. <laughs> what's the name? Was uh, what's the name of? The, uh, what's the name of that? Was thank me later. Was thank me later and so far gone. The last we've seen of, of uh. Of, a, of like I guess like of an original, original Drake. Well, take because care. Take care was. You can say take well, care, take care was the turn. Very weekend. Take care was the turn. Because that's when weekend became a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was all emo and and a hundred percent wet on the reverb knob. Oh God, it was. <laughs> and I feel like some people aren't going to understand that, but the ones who will will like will probably die laughing. And then nothing <laughs> was the same. Listen, it was very. He had. What's it? What was the name of that? Majid Jordan. Yeah. He, he I had, didn't even say. I still remember the first time I heard that, and I told my friend Matt that that was not Drake singing. He was like, "This is Drake." I'm like, "Nah, man." That, he sounds too good of a singer to be Drake. What's funny is that they like they wrote the song, and then I've heard some of their stuff. Yeah, everything sound ever all their songs sound like. Hold on, we're going home. <laughs> all their songs sound exactly like that. But uh, then, if you go, if you're reading this, it's too late until what a time to be alive. That that was the emergence of Trapper Drake. Yep, like, Trapper oh, Drake. You shoot people now. Or no, he will have people shoot you. You do violence now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, that's the thing about it too, because he had that um, that machine gun at the beginning of energy. Yeah. But he's still rapping about like you know women at his pad with iPhones. So hey, you know. 
and asking for the code to the Wi-Fi. So are my best friend. <laughs> Friendship, yay! Drake, the friendly rapper, <laughs> your friendly neighborhood rapper, you know. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway. Um. Uh. Brandon, do you have another one? <laughs> hmm. Let's see. I have about. I have about four of them. I'm trying to figure out which one is. I don't think I'm not sure if it's unpopular or not. We'll be the judge of that. Sorry about that. Pull my headset off. Um, Logic, Logic is a good rap artist. People are just mean. <laughs> I, that's, I, I, I wouldn't say that's unpopular. That. It's just debated. I have to take your word for that. I don't listen to Logic, um, not by not because of choice, um, but a lot. Of, I hear a lot of people say he's good. Uh, he's gotten a lot of critical acclaim. I think that what pe- the turnoff with Logic is that uh, that he's like he's a as a rapper, he's not doing a lot of the. I don't think he's doing a lot of the the popular trap stuff, like um, the rapper ish. Yeah, things. the 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 rapper ish things. Like he, I like I, I mentioned this on the our last episode. I think when I saw the article that Logic is retiring, and you know he's going, you know he's becoming a dad, and you know he's growing up and all that. And I, I remember he and I saw one interview he did where he said he. Um, he talked about where he had to change a line in an album because he had gotten a new record contract. So he made like $30 million and had to pay $10 million in taxes. So he had to change the line that he was paying a certain amount of money in taxes. Mm-hmm. What r- other rapper is going to talk about that for one and two, I think that would turn people off. Like when he's talking about taxes, I don't do like taxes. I'm paying taxes. <laughs> I'm turning, but I know I'm just. <laughs> I got married. It's the it's the same thing. Although Chance the Rapper kind of does it to himself with his defensive Kanye West antics, but it's the it's the same thing that people like crucified Chance the Rapper for. It's like, oh, I'm a family man. I love my family and. Everything's cool. Be happy, guys. Positivity. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, no, we want to hear you shoot stuff. <laughs> shoot stuff and people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, ben? Uh, oh, another opinion? Yes. All right, so... Because I know we're coming up on on a very long on very long recording time here, so I'm gonna go ahead and and because I've got two that are really really spicy, I'm gonna share this one in case I don't get to share the other one. Okay, um, we'll, we'll go uh, after this... me. Then we'll go around two more times. Shall I get around two more times? Okay, pound for pound, One Direction is the best boy band in history. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, pound for pound. You might not like. You might not think that their songs and and we have to we got to leave nostalgia out of this because everyone to come with the tearing up my heart and it's gonna be me and yada 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 i'm talking pound for pound 
the songs. So so this is another band I went through. There was one night I was playing at Fetch uh, Fetch Dog Park. I do acoustic gigs there sometimes. And there was this song that played that was playing. I was on a break. There was a song that was playing. I was like, this is a really, really good song. I get Soundhound. I find out the name of the song. It's a song by One Direction. I'm like, geez, man, like they are really good because I'd, I'd already known Story of My Life, Drag Me Down and, you know, some of the other stuff. Um, but then I was like, all right, this I've never heard this song. I don't even think it's a single. It's a deep cut and it's solid. And I just go and I start perusing through their discography and listening and their music is like there's there's no filler. They have just really good, solid songs. They're all great singers. Um, they're musicians in their own right. And on top of that, every one of them at this point has gone solo and has been successful. There's no other boy band that can say that. The closest maybe New Kids on the Block because Joey McIntyre and Jordan Knight both were successful. But I cannot name another boy band in which every member of the band was able to go off on their own and at least have one big hit. Not even New Edition? Well, I guess, so if we're counting, well, first, I never really think of them as a boy band. I'm about to say, do we consider them a boy band? <laughs> you got to consider and them I, a boy band, though. You kind of do. It is because they're black, and I just think they're R&B. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess if we're counting what Ralph was a little was kind of successful, Bobby, and then Bell Bib everybody's so, first everybody's first album was successful. It was the second one that was kind of trash and that's why they went on tour again. Yeah. They got back together. Yeah. They got back together. But I mean like Bell Bib DeVoe, they didn't do it solo. So I mean I guess you could True. they were successful, but basically they just went off and kind of formed a band on their own. Like Harry, Nile, Liam, Lewis, and Zane have all been successful thus far. Yeah, like you know what you really don't see yeah now that all, i think about it because on their own they've all been successful weren't they yeah. like put together for yeah, like a they, show? they were on the yeah, x-factor X Factor. yeah they were all solo artists and they suggested hey why don't you guys just get together and do your own thing like think and that's of all what the they bands did. think of all the bands that were put together via a show and disappeared <laughs> after their second album day 26 day 26 and it became o-town I was watching that uh, video of the sing off the other day. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? They just started disrobing. <laughs> it's like, why? Why are y'all yeah, taking your shirts so off? Weird. So weird. But I just think, yeah, pound for pound, like once you like, like it's, it's kind of like you know how the Golden State Warriors. And yes, I know I'm using a lot of sports references today. Hopefully, people can follow me here. It's kind of like how the Golden State Warriors were built for those first couple of title runs before they got um, Kevin Durant, and they were just really deep. Like, you know, like, you know, like person one through like eight. Like, they still had, were, were still pretty solid, you know. Um, that's what they kind of are like. Like, there's no weak person. Like, you don't, you don't have to hide somebody. You know, like, on I Drive Myself Crazy, Chris Kirkpatrick gets to sing the lead. It's a good song, but you're kind of like, you had to have um, JC come in, um, like you had to have him come in at the at the chorus, not the chorus, at the bridge. You had to have Justin kind of come in on the second verse to kind of save it because would we really want to hear a whole song of Chris Kirkpatrick? Chris Kirkpatrick. You know, <laughs> I don't ever think I heard, um, no, that was Lance. Are, I'm, I'm getting them mixed up. One of them sings. 
Like, I don't, I don't know what Lance sounds like singing. I have no idea. Like, all of them, I just know that's the one song I can think of where, like, everyone gets a part. But, like, you have, like, the big important part song by either JC or Justin because they clearly know those, they knew those were the stars. Um, you didn't have to do that with One Direction. Everyone can hold their own. And that probably helps that they were all solo artists that came together. But, like, pound for pound, like, there, you don't have to hide anyone. Like, Kevin in, in, in the Backstreet Boys, he sings the bridge on, uh, <laughs> on I oh, Want It that, that Way. When else do you hear Kevin singing? I think he's on, like, two other songs, singing the bridge. <laughs> they finally wise up and started letting AJ sing more as, um, as the, their, they got a little bit more mature because they realized, that, oh, yeah, he can actually kind of sing. Um, but, yeah, everyone in One Direction is a good vocalist and they just kind of put it aside to come together and sing. And I remember when I kind of brought this up the first time when we started kind of noticing, like they're all kind of going solo and they're all doing well. And I was like, man, like, is this going to be a thing? And then it continued to happen to where they all just, they're all successful. And I don't know if they'll ever get back together. And it's not going to be an instance where it's like one of them is like, I really want to do it. Or like, you know, one of them is like, I don't want to do it. And everyone else does like they don't need to get back together. And because and they're all like different in their solo stuff. I mean, from what I've heard, like I've heard a couple of songs that Zane has done. Yeah, he's straight R&B, bro. Like yeah, he straight is. R&B. Uh, Harry Styles. <laughs> yes. Harry Styles is going back to the 70s. I don't know what the new album sounds like, but the the first one he did sounded like uh, it was from the 70s. Like he'd been listening to Elton John and. Yeah. I don't know what the other guys sound like, but I think they've all, I would assume they're all going in different directions. <laughs> Instead of so, one direction. So uh. if they got back together, then what do you do? What are like, what are we getting yeah. back together for? So, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Um, and it seems like they took yeah. some notes from, um, uh, God, not take that in, in terms of personality and things like that. To where they all kind of have their own distinct personalities. Yeah. Only thing is, you know, there was no Robbie Williams to where there was one breakout star. They've all been breakout stars. And yeah. that's why I think pound for pound. And that's why I have to say it like that. Because, like, do I think that there is any one person in that group that's more talented than, like, a Justin, a JC, or even, like, a, um, well, I'm just going to say Justin and JC because I don't really think there's a standout from the Backstreet Boys. Um, I don't necessarily AJ think AJ would have something that. to say about that. AJ needs to get an album that can actually hit the shelves first. <laughs> um, I just would, I just, you know, like I think that I would still take Justin or Chase or JC over anyone in One Direction. However, when you're when you're talking about as a whole, some of their parts, each individual person, like they, the other members, make up for the fact that all you had, all you got is JC and Justin. All you got is. Um, God, who saw Joey McIntyre being a breakout star? All you've got is Jordan Knight, you know. All you've got is Bobby Brown. I'll give Ralph a little bit of shine. Um, and Bell Good Bow. But it's like, you know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, new edition, but I, I just, I can't consider them a boy band. I know they've been classified as one. I know they did the whole, like, you know, matching suits and everything <laughs> early in their career. But, like, I just can't see them as a boy band. I get it. Yeah. Um, the next one I have. Uh, okay, this, I mean, y'all might agree on this one. I think a lot of people might agree with me. 
If Adele does one dance move, her career is over. <laughs> I believe you. I think. How are you thinking? Intuition by Jewel? Uh, yes. I was just about yes. to say that. <laughs> yes. That we are looking at a Jewel intuition situation. I hope she doesn't start dancing. I really do. Because, yeah, I, I do agree. I don't think it would be over, but she would. It, it would. It wouldn't. Hey, look, it was over for Jewel. It was over for Jewel. It will be yeah. over for Adele. It, it would be one of those things where it's just like, you know, some artists just are not meant to do that. And she is definitely one of them. And I hope that she doesn't. Also, I would also like to include if I hear one trap beat, a grind beat, any guest rappers, it's over. No, I agree. I think Adele's one of those artists where you don't need features. No storms. The only. Yeah, the only feature need you need scene. maybe is another a, a male vocalist to compliment you. Maybe a Michael Bublé song that would be lovely. Um, but you know, yeah, don't don't go out and and be like, oh yeah, this is you know new me. You know, I dropped this weight and now I'm you know I'm having fun. No, that's Agile not true. Now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't need. She needs to you know continue doing your. And you can she can she can do upbeat music, you know. Um, Water under the bridge was kind of upbeat, you know. You can, <laughs> um, and I hate to and I hate to kind of pigeonhole her like that, but she does it so well. She does it so well. So yeah, I think she needs to stay, stay in the lane, you know. Yeah, did, like you you may you may have dropped all this weight, but that doesn't mean you have to change the kind of music you make. And, and such, you don't have to go in such a make such a drastic change with your music. If it's just ballads that you've been writing, that's cool. I mean, you, whatever songs you come out with is going to be number one, just like Hello, because people yeah. are going to be hungry for Adele again. Be thirsty, man. They're like, ooh, that new Adele. But yeah, if I see her dance at all, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I might cry. I honestly might cry. (laughs) You'll wherever you guys are, you'll hear a faint echoey no (laughs) from me. It's just like ah, I'm so let down. Jules watching it like "Mm, been there, done that, (laughs) (laughs) didn't work. (laughs) Was I not evidence enough? (laughs) Yeah, it's like I I walked so you could run. Like stop it. But yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna go around one more time. So, last one for you, Brandon. Hmm. I think. Hmm. 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 I think that. No, that's mean. <laughs> Do it. No, Do that's it. Mean. That's mean. I did. Hmm. I. A lot. A lot of people gave him pushback when he did it. A lot of people gave him pushback when he did it. But I think, I think the Foo Fighters would have happened with or without Kurt Cobain passing away. And Foo Fighters would still be the great band that they are today. Ooh. Like if, even with, even with, even if, even if Kurt Cobain didn't pass. 
Hmm. That's there's a lot to unpack there. That could almost be its own episode as well. Um Wow. And I say that because I say that because that entire that entire first album, that entire first album is just Dave himself. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of things that he was like, Oh, I was just writing this as we were on tour and it's a bunch of yeah. things I know Kurt wouldn't want to do. Mm-hmm. It's so even more interesting than with that, that Courtney, uh, Courtney Love, Courtney Love, I did not realize this. Apparently, she made a claim um, early in the in the in the twentieth century, um, around the two thousand or something, that Kurt did not like Dave Grohl, that she liked him at first, that he liked him at first, but like as time went on, he, apparently his personality started to grind on him, and he did not like him. So, um, I wonder if Kurt lived and Nirvana continued, do you see him getting booted from the band anyway? Yeah. Yeah, I can I, I can, can see, see that. that I can see that. Because she said, she was like, you know, Dave was not like us. Dave was not, and she kind of said like a, an outcast or a loser, you know, like, in high school or anything like that. He was, she was like, he was a popular guy. He, you know, he was outdoorsy. He was all these different things. So it seemed like he did not really fit in with the rest of Nirvana. And you have to wonder, like, would he have either left or would he have been booted for another drummer? And then the Foo Fighters, you know, maybe takes a different direction. I don't know, but that's I think that's a very interesting take. I think he would have been booted. I think he would have been booted because that would have given him reason. Because the only reason that first Foo Fighters album happens is because Kurt passed through it. it. Well, yeah. The, what, the way it turned out was like, oh, well, I don't have a band anymore. Let yeah. me just put out this stuff I got. And apparently he got a lot of grief about that. Like, how can, like you, how can you do this? Like, how can you move on? <laughs> how <laughs> dare you live your life? <laughs> how do you, a musician, continue to play music? Yeah. Was I it, think that, well, it wasn't on the last episode, because one of mine was that I think that they've become better than Nirvana, but... That, that, People will fight you over agree. that. People will fight you over that. <laughs> and I, it makes me think that, you know, if was, I hadn't thought about that perspective, but it, 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 I mean, it's true. Um, but if he, okay, since Kurt Cobain passed, we've heard how many new Nirvana songs? One? I think we got You Know You're Right. And yeah. there was a huge rift between the band and Courtney Love just over that song. Like they have kept anything that he did that hasn't been released. The band has kept it very guarded. Yeah. So I don't like, I don't know how much unreleased material there actually is, but it just makes me wonder what, um, what more couldn't, I mean, what more could, um, Nirvana have done? So it depends on who you ask. Um, how many whole albums are there? Because she just <laughs> took all of that stuff and that's how she got famous. <laughs> I mean, I know that I'm not trying to rip her or anything, but that's, I mean, that was a, a, a big conspiracy theory that she she puffied him before Puffy and just took his material and mm. made her own career, you know? So, yeah. That's a good one. Um, all right, uh, Ben, last one for you. All right, so... I want to share two, one that we will discuss, but one we don't have to discuss, because one of them is a very 
band specific one and i just want all the weezer fans out here to hear me pacific daydream by weezer is a very good pop album i'll fight you over it it's just a very good pop album take with that what you want weezer fans out there um but my main my big one my big one my big one is um and this is just for all music fans i think lars ulrich was right um in terms of the uh, the whole napster issue I just think he was the wrong spokesperson. But I believe everything he said and everything that him and Metallica stood for, I think they were right. And I think we can look at the our musical landscape now. And I think what we as consumers of music have created, and I'm guilty of this because I use Spotify, I use Napster <clears throat> and LimeWire and all those things. But what we've created now is whether it's right or wrong, because record companies, let's be honest, had a lot of money. Maybe it was, you know, mis, um, misinvested and properly invested and things like that. But what we've created is we've created an industry that is afraid to spend money and take chances. Now, on the bad side, that means that we don't get a lot of really creative artists anymore unless they can prove they can do proof of concept. You know, however, that does allow a lot of really independent artists to put out more creative material without the pressures of a record company. They're just doing it for themselves. Um, but what that gives us, though, is the majority of the mainstream. And this was really, really bad in the 2000s and 2010s. As we're seeing this backlash, they would only put it out if they knew it was a guaranteed moneymaker. So we saw a ton of imitation which I don't think did us well. And that's why I think from like 06 to really from 2006 to maybe 2012, 2013, 2014, music was was, was kind of rough because we were just seeing a lot of imitations. Um, and it was mainly because like, why would I spend all this money developing an artist that may or may not pan out? And if they do pan out, everyone's just going to download their music for free anyway because we have not found a way yet to monetize this once they found a way to monetize it thank you to steve jobs and making you know downloading music cool and the industry has adjusted to living in a single a single type of format and streaming things are getting back to normal and that's why i think we're seeing more creative artists we're not seeing you know albums as much we're seeing more singles but I think that Lars was right, and we, the music fan, paid for it. Yes. And I say that as an artist, too, because I remember when I was still at West Georgia, uh, my second guitar teacher, I was talking to him about downloading music, and he's like, why would you download music for free? And I was like, oh, I just, because he's like, you're an artist. Why would, why would you do that? And I started to kind of think, I was like, man, would I want someone to steal my music? No, I wouldn't. And it's not because I'm trying to get rich. It's just because I worked hard on it and I feel that I should be compensated now to um, to kind of piggyback off of the Punk Rock NBA, which is a really good channel on YouTube. Your art is worth what people want to pay for it. So that is something that the music industry had to learn to adjust to, that you might feel that your music is worth a million dollars, but if the consumer doesn't feel it's worth a million dollars, then it is not worth a million dollars. It is worth what people are willing to, pay, willing to pay for it. And I think the music industry 
had to because the music industry is flooded with new music. It's easier now more than ever to make music and they've been flooded with tons of new music. So they've had to adjust and understand that, okay, we can't, you know, spend money like we did in the eighties and the nineties. We got to pull back. But I think we as fans, you know, because of what we were willing to or to not pay for entertainment, we did it to ourselves. I think Lars was right. They were, they were right. They were just the wrong people. You needed a struggling musician to communicate that message. You can't, have the most successful metal band, rock band, one of the most successful rock bands in the history of music come out and say you're stealing from us. It just looks bad. Yeah, I I would I would I would I would agree with that. Um he was the um he he was the wrong messenger. <laughs> yeah. Um he's like, "Oh, I'm wearing a Gucci shirt and you're stealing from you're me." Stealing it's like from me. <laughs> Like, and that's what people were using. Like, they use pictures of of them, like, buying expensive clothing. And it's like, it doesn't matter that they're buying expensive clothing. Like, you still, either you pay for it or you don't listen to it. That's kind of my thing. Either you pay for the music you want to hear or you don't listen to it. If you want to listen to it, then compensate the artist. I do like the, what, um, what Radiohead did, where, you know, pay what you feel. Which yeah. I think is a good way. Like I'm not gonna set the price, you set the price. So long as you pay something. You know, you can give me one dollar. If you feel my music is only worth one dollar, then that's what it's worth to you. If you feel it's worth you might feel that the new Radiohead album is worth more than I want for it. I doubt that. But you might feel that. And if you want to give me a hundred bucks for it, by all means, give me a hundred bucks. But you should at least you should compensate people for their art. I definitely agree Secret with that. Time. I, I agree. I see that that's why I, I notice a lot of, of uh, I, w- I don't I quote unquote independent artists, like truly independent artists, like it's just them. Like they release their things on Bandcamp. Bandcamp has that yeah, feature yeah, where yeah. it's like, I'll have like, you can pay a minimum of, of $3, but if you want to give me more than that, you're more than welcome to do so. Yeah, everyone, I, I've heard of that Bandcamp is really good for supporting the artist directly. Yeah. Um, and I do think some of the backlash, you know, from having a successful band come out and say things like that is also, you know, these record companies were making money hand over fist, and it's just like, you have that, you know, what the meme I saw the other day was like, Walmart makes, you know, X numbers of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars a year in revenue and loses $3 billion to theft. So I was like, let's try to get that number up. It's like, you know, if you make $100 billion and you lose $3 billion, you're okay. You know, people are like, oh, you're okay. But when you take that mindset, when everyone takes that mindset, that $3 billion can easily get to 70, 80, $90 billion in theft to where then it's like, okay, now this is starting to take you know, we got to start to take notice of this. This is a problem. And that's what happened. You know, if it had just been a few people bootlegging albums and stuff like that, like you're the dude at the hair store or whatever, bootlegging albums at the barbershop, you know, that was a, that was bootlegging that the industry could absorb Yeah. when it becomes widespread and easy to do. And then with the, with the widespreadness adoption of broadband internet, we can't we can't handle that. Granted, you know, maybe we can cut down on some of our spending, but you know, my whole thing was why should they have to? You know, someone compared it to email. They're like, well, email happened and the post office had to adjust. Email was legal. 
there was nothing wrong with email. No one deemed email IP theft or intellectual property theft. Stealing music, you you basically you didn't beat them. You just found an illegal way to do it. It's not the same. It's not the same to me. So, and I know that's a really unpopular opinion. I've had a lot of people go back and forth with me about that one, especially on like you know on Reddit and things like that, where they are just like the biggest proponents of pirating everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> like literally everything. <laughs> God forbid I ever put an album on Reddit. <laughs> I won't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because right. I, mm-hmm. I used to be one of those ones, but like when Metallica came out with that, it was like, oh, look at these. It was like they're speaking, like, yeah, they were the wrong people. Because yeah, they're they speaking, were. They're speaking as if they're still this underground hardcore metal band. Which they are not. It, yeah. Who does everything by themselves, but here you are. Driving away in this really expensive car <laughs> with with three thousand dollars shoes on. Which, yeah, and uh, I yeah I didn't which, get it at the time. Yeah, which sidebar completely different tangent. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Bo Burnham stand up special Make Happy, but he has this song. He has this song, uh, making fun of country artists, quote unquote country artists. Mm-hmm. Who portray themselves to be this this uh, down home southern simple person, but yet they're wearing Givenchy. <laughs> they're wearing All this Givenchy. bro country, man. Yeah, Luke Bryan and the like. Exactly. Yeah. That, Luke Bryan is so rich. But yeah, it's 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 like that. Yeah, they were the wrong, and it's funny because I didn't understand it when it first happened, and then, funny enough, my last year before I graduated. I did um, a trend analysis, and I looked at I, I looked at the RI or a case study. My bad, a case study. I looked at the RIAA, which is the Recording Industry Association of America, and looked at their success with suing people, and if it was helping. And I concluded that like, you you can't sue your fans, like you just can't do that. Like they're stealing from you, and I get it. But you, when it's that widespread, you don't just go and start suing your fans. And Greg and I, we know someone who actually got sued for that, who yeah. um, downloaded some music on campus and had to settle, got sued for in the neighborhood like 10 grand, you know? And it's just like, that does not endear you to your fans, you know? Maybe if you just say, hey, buy the album and we'll call it a day. <laughs> like, you know, it's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> give me 20 bucks for the album and we'll call it a day. Or something like that, but no, they wanted to. They were trying to make examples of people, and it's just like you're suing a broke college kid for ten thousand dollars for downloading some songs that they probably could not afford. Still, not an excuse to steal, but why are you going to sue them for money that they clearly don't have? Like just to make an example. Yeah. Yeah. You sitting up here, you're like you know the CEO of Hollywood Records, you know, and you're you know the mouse. <laughs> and you're suing somebody for this much money, like it's just a bad look. And I think they owe more to Steve Jobs than they know because that was from everything I researched and read that when he was able to make downloading music cool, like legally downloading it cool, then that's that saved them because they the RAAA the recording industry had they had nothing. That's why they were suing people. It was knee jerk. They didn't know how to. They didn't know how to embrace the technology and find a way to make it work for them. Whereas Apple was like, um, we got this thing called iTunes, 
we think it could help your problems. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make these really cool trendy commercials with you two and, you know, other people like that. And these white earbuds and we're going to come out with this iPod and wait till you see what we got brewing. That's going to come out in like five or six years, man. You're going to love it. Imagine having your entire music library on the go. <laughs> yeah. A and whole then, 20 right, gigs. And all right. like, what do you mean? And he's like, just sit back. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Cause if not, like we probably would still be getting, we probably still be suing people. All so, right, um, get to my my last one here and then we're coming up against it here um make it spicy <laughs> okay this won't this this won't bring me back okay this will not bring me back but and i've referenced this this character many times we need dj happenstance back <laughs> we need him back Is that uh is that is that the uh, the Terrence Howard character? No, from, no, from no, <laughs> no. <laughs> so people who, if you're listening to this for the first time and you don't know DJ Happenstance, um, you hear a lot of hit songs throughout the '60s, probably through the '90s, where the story is some DJ, some random DJ, oh, started playing okay. the song on the radio and it becomes a hit. Yeah, um, we need that guy back. We need, I and last... I called him DJ Happenstance. It could be like whatever DJ just plays a song because they got the single. And was like, it the Fish at K Rock? Was one of them? I think. Yeah this this song was supposed to be the single, but he likes the B side, so he starts playing the B side, and the B side becomes the hit song. Something to that effect. But we need that guy back. We need DJ Happenstance back. Meaning oh, that, J- yeah, we need was that guy's I'm... name. I'm trying to think of the last time that happened, and the last time I think that I can remember that happened is with uh, DJ Cypher Sounds when he was on Hot 97, and he played Ponder Replay for the first time. Oh, I wonder what that was like when that happened. Because I remember, I think he like he had something. He like he had he had like a hand in bringing her to bringing Rihanna to. Rockefeller Rock Nation in some sort of weird way and he just so happened happenstance to also be a DJ at Hot 97 working on a night where Funk Master Flex took off nice so Jed the Fish who if I remember I know I remember him from the behind the music he played the Woo Dolls name but so some of his most notable he was the first to play Come out and play by The Offspring in 1994, which they go on to be one of the biggest punk bands of all time. Katy Perry's like, I Kissed a Girl in 2008. And he has been the first, he reputed as the first US DJ to play Depeche Mode, Duran Duran, and The Pretenders. So these are five really big and influential musical acts that probably don't get a foothold in America without, as you have called, and I like that term, DJ Happenstance. The DJ who was like, I like this, so I'm going to play it. that's spicy greg yeah basically we need we need um we need tastemakers in music um you know or or even if it's just on the radio because even though and what i mean like this won't bring me back to listening to the radio (laughs) that's what i meant by that Mm -hmm. but (laughs) um i think that more i i hate what what it's what how it's become with artists being with their songs being played on the radio 
or just to getting some kind of exposure uh, to move up the charts or anything like that. It's 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 disappointing. It's kind of sad to where like we've talked about this on the uh, episode where we talked about the payola scandal and how it's affected the how it's affected radio today, FM radio today to where the DJs are just playing. They're given a playlist. They're giving songs that they're supposed to play uh, several times an hour, several times a day. Yeah. And those songs become the hit just because we hear them on the radio and it's hard for anyone to break through by going directly to that DJ or going or going through or with record companies making that kind of investment in somebody new. Um, it's it's hard for for new artists to come up through the work through the radio that way. And even though it's something that it appears they still need to do, you know, um, I worked on a show where they uh, the, these guys, they talk about independent artists. They talk to independent artists. They talk about the independent music artists like uh, world, I guess, doing shows and, you know, how they one they discourage artists from making albums because no one listens to albums. They listen to singles. Oh, yeah. um, they discourage putting out They kind of in the way discourage putting out EPs like a five songs. I feel like that's that's long enough for an EP, but they feel that's too many songs. Like even putting having us uh, something with just two songs is a risk because you yeah. you need to push that first single that big single for a while, and even yeah. though you got other songs, that's fine. But the the you got to continue to keep making that first impression, and some artists and and it's on the artists too to kind of understand that because they'll send in songs that you know, that would be played on the show and they're not, they don't have a clean version. Like, so it's like the artist doesn't even prepare to have their song being played on the radio because they don't, they don't know about going that route. And even though it's something you still need to do, but when it, back to DJ happenstance, I don't know how the DJ can get more control you know, <laughs> to to play songs, to to play new stuff on the radio, to break to to break these records, then I mean I don't know how that can actually happen because of the whatever the the big the 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 parent media corporations are, uh, how they are with their radio stations, but it's something that needs to I, I would I want to see it come back because I think that the people who are playing the records know a little bit more than the program director. than the program directors. Yeah. Do. I mean, the well, program I mean, directors are, are, you know, they come from, they're about being, uh, they're, they're coming from the, uh, a corporate world or, or something just about getting certain numbers up. And yeah. while the person who's actually on the air playing the records, they've heard the songs, they understand the, uh, the land, the landscape of 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 the music industry a little bit or, better. So, and they, even they, they know they what's, live, what makes you know? a good song. Because, yeah, because with a DJ, they're typically a DJ is out like outside of working at the radio. They're doing parties. They know yeah. they know what. Yeah, they're doing parties. They're like. they're doing they're doing events. You know, pre COVID, but you know they're doing events. They're they're they have their 
their ear to the ground or to the streets or whatever you want to say. But they yeah. they understand the music industry a little bit better, especially if they're you know if they're playing these songs, so they know what's good. They they have understood. Not everyone knows that. Not I mean, not everything they'll say would be popular. But I think a DJ would know what's what makes a good song at, at least some of the time. Yeah, that makes sense. I hope it did. I hope it made it sense. Made to the no, it made plenty. Of, it made plenty of <laughs> sense, and it. I think what what has happened, honestly, is we've allowed what uh, we've allowed what was rampant back in the day, and a fear of it becoming rampant again dictate what's going on. Because I mean, this was done to to prevent payola, so that you didn't have you know a a person at the local level who could easily be influenced by you know getting paid like an alan freed from making those decisions and it's just like there's ways to i think there's ways to prevent for that but honestly like is the is the um the is this alternative better than what we had or or what we could have had you know it's like you know the fact that there are certain artists that we'll probably never hear about because they'll never break through the programming director whereas you know if you've got that artist that, you know, that guy, he's like, I heard this band the other night at some venue and they're really good and I'm going to play their song because I think people would like them. You know, I'm pretty sure at some point there's probably some some radio DJ in, in South Calif- in Southern California that played a Blink-182 song for the first time and helped them break or a Green Day song and helped them break, you know, it's, or clearly this guy, Jed the Fish, who helped break <laughs> The Offspring. Like my God, what would have happened if we never got the offspring? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be I'd be kind of sad about that, you know. That that could be the 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 pop punk landscape could be different without the offspring. So, God bless the uh, DJ Happenstance. Yeah, yeah. I like that name. <laughs> yeah, we, I heard Happenstance and immediately thought about Happenstance, Happenstance Howard. Happenstance yeah, Howard, me too. Yeah. I was like, I sort of, I was like, really, we need that guy. That's no, we don't need we don't need happenstance, Howard. We don't need that. Mister, let's, I'm gonna sell your contract for <laughs> and your boyfriend ain't paid me. <laughs> we definitely don't need that. Um well that will do it for our uh unpopular opinions uh segment. Um Yeah, so uh we'll get to my earworm of the week so we can get out of here. Um this is uh, one of one of my favorite new musicians to hear is um, a guy named Tom Mish, or might be Mish. Um, he is from uh, the UK, and um, he's a very good guitar player. Uh, he's very he's influenced by John Mayer, I believe, um, and he made a collaboration album with. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Yusuf Deus or Days. They made an album called What Kind of Music? And um, I really like how it sounds and how it's put together. It's uh, jazzy and bluesy and and R&Bzy, I guess you might say. <laughs> so uh, this is the title track to um, their album, What Kind of Music? And uh, we'll be right back.
That is What Kind of Music, Tom Mish and Yusuf Dez, or Dez, um, from their album What Kind of Music. And you can find that song on the BTTYHT Earworms playlist on Spotify right now. All right, that brings us to the end of the program. Um, ben, can you tell the people where we can be found? Yes. Okay, so. Uh, well, so before yes, you do that, be before you do that. Oh, yeah. We got to ask him if he wants to be found. <laughs> Brandon, where do you want to be found uh, if you want to be found at all? I can be found at on, on Instagram and Twitter at father underscore clef or at youtube.com slash beats by hawk. But be, be, before we end it, 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 before we end things, I want to I'm going to give you guys your 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 flowers while I'm, I'm here i haven't spoken to you guys in a in a while and i wanted to give you guys your flowers i don't think you guys understand how much i appreciate by the time you hear this and it goes it goes back to it goes back to greg's last point about there being there being like tastemakers or people with their ear to the streets for, for for new music like I like you guys have put me put I like to think of myself as a very well educated music listener and you guys have put me on to like tons of other stuff like just off the top of my head like artists like Amber Mark or Don Brocco or I can't remember I can't remember the name I believe Royal Tusk was their oh. name yeah, like mm-hmm. the Canadians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I, I think you guys, with, 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 by the time you hear this, are that the, the 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 people with their ear to the street, and it's not like, oh, I'm I only have my ear to like one thing. It's like a whole wide spectrum of things, and I really really appreciate you guys for that. Well, thank, thank you. you. That like yeah. 
Yeah, I, I normally don't know how to take compliments, but I do appreciate it. Like, like I, I want you to understand that I really do appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Family episode, just take the damn compliment. Just take the damn compliment. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, like, was... we we never, um, you know, we and I I know we try not to be pretentious about it. And we, we, we pointed out if if we can feel that um, we feel that someone is being pretentious about music. I know I know I would. Um, but, you know, this is I don't know. It's just something that, that's come natural for both of us to where we're we're on the lookout for new things. And if we like it, then then we like it. And that, that's the, yeah. that's kind of how it is for me, at least. You and like I, what you like, and you should like it. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I, I and I think that's why I I vibe with you guys so well because my my sibling, me and my my siblings and I are the exact same way. So, yeah, that's dope. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, when you ever you have I a, oh, what were you gonna say? I was about to say I don't I don't know how to really take compliments. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's a nice shirt, Greg. I um, um, uh, well, you know, um, I just you know it's I, raining. I, I found it, and um, so they're playing in the bubble now. It had a nice color. Um, I it, you know I, I didn't want to wear it, but you know it was the only clean shirt I had. No, it was, <laughs> I got a full navy. I, I did laundry. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was able to wash my clothes finally, and um, the washing machine was fixed. Okay, anyway, um, <laughs> Ben, where can we be found? Um, well, I guess we want to be found. So, um, Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at face, not at Facebook.com, on Instagram at by the time you hear this. Um, and you can also email us at by the time you hear this at gmail.com. Now, the Facebook page is spelled with the word you. That's Y-O-U. And the Instagram, as well as our at gmail.com, is spelled with the letter U. And that is because? We are Urbanites Uprising. Okay. We, 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 we fit in there. We fit it in there. We are Urbanites Uprising. Rising up. I And honestly, when I said Uprising, the first time I was like, man... I hope people don't think I'm talking about that song by the Muse. Like, <laughs> as much as I like that song and agree with this sentiment, like that's not what I was going for. But yeah, um, but so yeah, we are Urbanites Uprising, and um, if you want to listen to us on the go, as most people do, listen to podcasts, um, you can get out your handy dandy iPhone and, and and or Android device. Yes, I'm respecting iPhones this week, and uh, find us on the Apple Podcast app. What? <laughs> Better be respecting iPhones. <laughs> hey, I was I was for many years an iPhone user, so I can't hate. You know, I can't hate. Um, or you can find us on the Google Music app, or really with Android. Man, it's just so much easier just to download um, one of these aggregator podcast or aggregator apps like Castbox, TuneIn. Well, TuneIn is not a is more of a radio thing, but TuneIn has podcasts on it. You can also find us on Overcast. Um, uh, Satchel Podcast Player. Um, you can find us on. I am blanking on some of these. Um, is there an Owlcast, or did I just make that up? 
I feel like there's, there's one with Al in it, but I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But just type in cast in the Google Play Store <laughs> and you'll likely find something that works for you. My aggregator of choice is Castbox, if if anyone, you know, wonders. And then of course there's Spotify because um they're literally trying to corner the market on um on podcasts. They even got the new Michelle Obama podcast that they advertise, I feel like every time I open the damn app. Yeah. <laughs> like it's there. I, I follow her um, on, like, on Instagram and I see it a lot, like under sponsored. Like I already follow Michelle Obama. You don't have to have her sponsored <laughs> posts from her. Okay. <laughs> it's like 2K trying to sell you VC. Like every time you start thinking, they're like, there's an update. I'm like, oh, there's an update. And I go back and it's like, buy VC. Like, no. <laughs> that's what oh, I feel man, like logging into. That's what I feel like logging into uh, Spotify, man. But hey, you know. Thanks for having us on your app, dudes. <laughs> Don't ban us for this. <laughs> I love Michelle Obama. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're going to end the show with, um, so we talked about uh, Foo Fighters a little bit. Um, something from their, from the debut Foo Fighters album. So I'll just go with, uh, I'll stick around. If it'll start playing. I really, it's a print effort on that album and he played everything <laughs> yeah um, so we'll end the show with that thank you all for listening thank you Brandon for joining us and uh, we'll oh, talk to anytime. we'll talk to all of you very very soon peace peace, peace.